We knew that in order to win this football game, a couple things had to happen. We knew we had to stop the run. That didn't happen. We knew we had to play penalty free. That didn't happen. The penalties were a big part of it. And uh, when you do that, you're going to get beat. And that's exactly what happened today. Four-man rush trying to set up a screen. They've got some blocking. Cook taking advantage. First down and more. Dalvin Cook breaking free into the open. Cook all the way. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. Well, I I didn't really go home from work on Friday expecting to come back today and do the Packers lose to the Vikings show. I didn't really prepare for this. Wasn't really ready for this. But as the afternoon went on yesterday, I gathered myself and here we are. I'm prepared. I am ready. Let's do this. The Packers lost to the Vikings, the one in five Vikings, the Vikings that have a terrible defense, the Vikings that have a terrible offensive line. And most importantly, and I can't state this strongly enough, the Vikings that have Kirk Cousins as their quarterback. The Packers lost to that team yesterday, 28-22 at Lambeau Field. They were at home, albeit without fans, which I I guess makes it a little bit more interesting. Did not expect to come in here today and talk about the Packers losing to the Vikings. I expected possibly to come in on Friday and talk about the Packers losing to the 49ers. Look, I, I'm ready to talk about a Packers loss. I just wasn't ready for it today. A little bit of a surprise. You probably weren't ready to talk about it either, but here we are. We, we got to get our ducks in a row. It's time. It's, it's, it is time. Let's get down to business. My name is Grant Bills. This is the Wisco Sports Show, and I hope despite the Packers losing yesterday, unless, of course, you're a Vikings fan and you're listening to Gloat, hey, welcome. I'm, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're hanging out. We're going to talk about this game pretty near for the next two hours. We'll take a break for a couple of minutes around 5 o'clock to talk about the Bears because we normally talk about the Vikings, the Bears, the Lions. However, the Vikings played the Packers yesterday, so we're getting two birds stoned at once, killing two birds with one stone by talking about this game. And we'll talk about the Bears as well. I don't really want to talk about the Lions. They're not all that interesting. But the Bears played in America's Game of the Week yesterday. So we will talk about the Bears for just a couple of minutes. But other than that, all Packers, all Vikings, 28-22. The Packers lose and fall to 5-2. and two. The Vikings inversely go to 2-5. and five. Are, are Vikings fans happy about this? Like, it's very weird because it feels like Vikings fans have committed to possibly losing enough games to drafting a quarterback. There's three really good quarterbacks in this draft, and who knows, one might emerge over the course of this really weird uh, college football season. But it feels like a lot of Vikings fans were content to lose some games, and then, surprisingly, they ended up winning yesterday. I talked to one of my friends this morning who's a Vikings fan, and I said, hey, you got to be happy. The Vikings won last, you know, yesterday, last night. And and he said, well, I guess it doesn't really mean much. It's kind of like a side quest. Like, in the Vikings' journey to get a quarterback for the future, they 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 accomplished this little side quest of beating the Packers in Week 8, 28-22. Your thoughts are welcome on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. You can tweet at me there if you tweet. If not, you can text the show and text me at 608-796-2558. Hey, Packers fans, do, do not let this loss ruin your week. Don't let it happen. After all, the election is tomorrow. We have plenty of time to have our week ruined. It's okay. Our week doesn't need to go south yet. We have, what, a little bit uh, a little bit more than 12 hours to go. So don't worry. The week is fine. It's fine. This isn't super meaningful in the grand scheme of things. However, in the scheme of sports and in the scheme of the Packers, the sky is kind of falling. I- I'm not going to downplay this game. This loss stinks. It stinks for the-, the defense. It stinks for the offense as well. And I want to talk about both sides of the ball and both coaches, Petten and LaFleur, uh, but I guess we'll see what happens on Thursday night with the Niners. I I didn't expect this. So I guess let's break it down. Let's talk about every detail and and let's do what fans do. There's a lot that went wrong yesterday. I, this game faked us out three or four times. It's very complicated. And I and I did a Facebook live chat for our lacrosse station, WKTY. And I hopped on in the third quarter and I said, hey, Packers are going to lose. Mike Petten this, Mike Petten that. The defense is terrible. The defense can't stop the run, blah, blah, blah. And then I logged off. And I finished the live chat. And then the Packers started to come back. And the game got a little bit more interesting. And I started worrying because I look like an idiot. I did a Facebook live chat about how the Packers were losing. What if they end up winning? I'm going to look like a dunce. Our our Facebook page is going to look weird and out of place. And, you know, social media in 2020 is everything. I can't mess up social media. 
But the Packers ended up losing anyway, so I, I kind of got away with it. A premature Facebook live chat. I learned my lesson for Thursday night or <laughs> for coming weeks if I want to hop on Facebook again. Long story short, Mike Pettin and his defense, they were garbage. Lafleur was bad. They had some bad luck, windy conditions. Combine all that, and you get a loss to the 1-5 Vikings. Now, the 2-5 and five Vikings. A lot of sports shows today, Wisconsin sports shows, they'll say, hey, who do you blame? Who is to blame for the loss? How much blame do you put at the feet of Mike Pettin? How much blame do you put at the feet of Rodgers, Lafleur? You know, you do the blame game. It's an easy topic the Monday after a loss. Here's my blame pie. You ready? I did the math. This is very scientific. I think Mike Pettin gets 70% of the blame. Matt Lafleur gets 20% of the blame. Bad luck attributes to about 9% of the blame. And the remaining 1%, okay, can fall on Aaron Rodgers. He missed like two throws. Sure, we'll give him 1% just to be fair. We're, we're fair here, right? We don't we don't always bow down and, and, and praise Aaron Rodgers. We, we call him on his crap, right? We're a, a fair and balanced radio show. I'm a fair and balanced host. Rodgers, you get 1% of the blame yesterday. Mike Patton, 70%. Matt LaFleur, 20%. And bad luck and conditions get about 9%. Let's start with Mike Patton. Because after all, 70%, that is the, the overwhelming majority of the blame we're putting at the feet of Mike Pettin. I Simple question, um, and maybe I'm out of line here, but Mike Pettin did know that Dalvin Cook was going to play yesterday, right? Like, does he have a staffer or an assistant that keeps him abreast of such information? Maybe it's not Mike Pettin's fault. Maybe he has an assistant that's supposed to tell him, hey, uh, Mike, we're playing the Vikings this week. Uh, they have a really good running back named Dalvin Cook. Uh, we should scheme for him. Maybe maybe it's not Mike Patton's job, right? I wouldn't put it past him. Maybe he has an assistant do these things. But, like, Mike Patton did know that Dalvin Cook was going to play yesterday, right? Dalvin Cook, if you missed the game completely, had a day. Uh, 30 carries for 163 yards. He had 63 yards receiving as well um, and a pile of touchdowns. Like, Mike Patton knew he was going to play, right? It, it's so obvious how this game was going to go. Kirk Cousins is bad and has been turning the ball over at a really high rate. Windy conditions, which aren't great for throwing the football. And I cannot state this strongly enough. Mike Zimmer literally fires his offensive coordinators that don't run the ball enough. This was so obvious. Coming off a bye, Mike Pettin and his staff should have known that Dalvin Cook was going to get the ball again and again and again. And the Vikings wanted to run the ball again and again and again. This was obvious. And for whatever reason... I just had a vision yesterday of Mike Patton standing along the sideline going, oh, damn it, I didn't, I didn't think they'd actually give Dalvin Cook the ball. What the hell is this? How is Mike Patton consistently surprised by the good performance of the opposing team's best player? It blows me away. It blows me away. It'd be like playing the Dodgers in the World Series. be like, hey, who's this Mookie Betts guy? Is he any good? All right, I'm going to throw him 94 right, up, right down the pipe, see what happens. Like, how do you not know? If there's one player on the Vikings you got to worry about, it's Dalvin Cook. And yet, for whatever reason, Mike Pettin seemed completely shocked that, one, Dalvin Cook was on the field, and two, that Dalvin Cook got the ball. How does that happen? Mike Pettin keeps botching the most obvious part of his game plan, or what should be the most obvious part of his game plan. I hate to do this again. All right, get out the list. Let's go back to New Orleans. Alvin Kamara. Did somebody tell Mike Pettin that Alvin Kamara is good? And that Drew Brees can't throw the ball very far, yet they were surprised by Alvin Kamara. Did anybody tell Mike Pettin that Tom Brady is old as the hills? And you need to put pressure on him and make him uncomfortable and get him off his spot. No, he must have missed out on that information too because the Packers dropped into coverage play after play after play after play. Look, here's the analogy I used on our morning show with Dave Carney here in lacrosse this morning. Think of a Thanksgiving dinner, right? Think of a Thanksgiving dinner like a, a football game plan, right? A, a game plan going into a game. You got your turkey and your stuffing, right, and your cranberry sauce, maybe your mashed potatoes. And then in your game plan, you got your run defense, your pass defense, right, your scouting report for their best player and your two-minute plan. Like, you have a plan, right? And there's different parts of the plan, like there's different parts of a Thanksgiving dinner. For a Thanksgiving dinner, you can burn the rolls in the oven, right? You can maybe forget the can of cranberry sauce at home, right? Heck, forget the whipped cream. You can eat apple pie without the whipped cream. You can't mess up the turkey. That's the one thing you can't mess up right? Yesterday, Mike Patton messed up the turkey, right? He completely messed up the game plan or just chose to not have a game plan for Dalvin Cook. He messed up the turkey, right? Now the in-laws are fighting about politics and he almost burned down the garage with his deep fat fryer. That's what happened yesterday to Mike Patton 
and this Packers defense. And I am, once again, a fair and balanced radio host, so I understand. Missed a lot of tackles. This Packers defense isn't the best tackling defense in the league. Their personnel isn't perfect. I'm fair and balanced. I understand that. And I, Brian Gutekunst is not without blame. No general manager is without blame. Every general manager misses on a signing, a contract, or a draft pick. But this Packers defense is better than that. It's better than what it showed yesterday. Look, there are some things that can be attributed to personnel. Preston Smith getting blocked up play after play by Irv Smith Jr., that's unacceptable, and Preston Smith has to be better. 11 missed tackles in the game yesterday. Yeah, that's on those players. Those players have to be better. Mike Pettin can't go out there and make tackles for his players. But Mike Pettin is certainly responsible for his players beating out of position, which they were constantly. Mike Pettin is certainly responsible for his players taking bad angles, as they were a ton yesterday. And Mike Pettin is responsible for his players one-on-one consistently being in space. Alvin Kamara versus Will Redmond with no one around. How do you let that happen? Dalvin Cook versus Will Redmond in the gap. Time after time after time. How do you let that happen? That's on Mike Pettin. And if the Packers have another game on Thursday against the Niners like they had yesterday where they give up 200 yards rushing and get blown off the field and they fall to 5-3, and three, Mike Pettin is gone. He has to be. And I understand sports are a little silly. Like, who are you going to replace him with? Does that actually make the defense better? I don't know, and I don't know. But that's how sports work. If the Packers get blown off the ball and, and, and ran over by the 49ers on Thursday, that, that has to be it for Mike Pettin. I think that's what will happen. And Mike Pettin takes 70% of the blame yesterday. But as I said to start the show, he doesn't take all of the blame. I think Matt LaFleur gets 20% of the blame. I think yesterday was one of Matt LaFleur's worst performances as the Packers head coach. His career's really young. He hasn't had very many bad games. So it, it's not the end of the world. He's going to have a, a clunker here and there. I think yesterday was one of Matt LaFleur's worst games as the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. When the game ended, weren't you sitting there thinking, wait a minute. Wait a, wait a damn minute. The Packers could have won that game. In, fa- in fact, the Packers maybe should have won that game despite giving up 163 yards on the ground. That, to me, is an indictment on Matt LaFleur. His offensive strategy from halftime on and his play calling from, say, the middle of the third quarter to the end of the fourth quarter. A lot of wasted time and a lot of wasted opportunities in the second half. Only down 14 to a really bad defense at home. I, I thought Matt LaFleur and his offense, uh, yeah, yeah, their defense didn't do a great job yesterday. Their defense was abysmal. But this offense had chances in the second half to make a comeback, and they ended up losing by six. And, and you're sitting around at the end thinking, wait a minute. Packers should have won that game. Yet in his postgame presser, Matt LaFleur complains about energy. There's no juice on his team. This is what he had to say. The juice, if you will, uh, of our football team isn't where it needed to be. You know, you mentioned that this was we've had fans the past two games and then coming back into this environment, it is a little bit different. And you got to bring your own energy. And guys have got to dig deep sometimes to, to, to bring that out. And if you feel like somebody else doesn't have it, you got to bring them along with you. So we need to find the guys that are going to step up, be the leaders, be, be the um, people that are going to bring that, that positive energy to our football team because if you don't have it, it's it, you just aren't going to be at your best. And, and um, that's not an excuse. That's just reality. We have got to find guys that, that love to go out there and compete with one another because that's, that's what makes this thing so special is when everybody's working together with towards a common goal and are, are into it. Um, but I know we, we've got to be better, and I've got to certainly look at everything I'm doing for this football team and, and make sure that um, – you know, I'm bringing is the best energy that I can for for our team. Didn't have any energy. Didn't have any juice. Well, okay, understandable, but create some energy. Coach some energy. And I'm not saying pump up the troops on the sideline and, and give a great speech. No, I, I'm talking about call plays that energize your players. Stop slowing the tempo down. Stop running the ball on second and ten. If I'm an offensive lineman or a tight end or a wide receiver and we're down by 14 points against that Vikings defense and the play call comes in and it's a a dive play on second and 10, why would I be energized? Why would I be hyped up? I get what Matt LaFleur is saying, and to his credit, he took a little bit of responsibility. But in the third quarter, I kept thinking, wait, are are they trying to win this or are they giving up? If the play calling is a reflection of, of giving up, then why should the players be energized? Part of that falls on Matt LaFleur, and to his credit, 
He admitted that at the end. He's like, I got to look at what I'm doing. Absolutely. But Malafleur didn't really do a lot to inspire confidence or energy in his players in the third and the beginning of the fourth quarter. And by the time they finally realized, holy cow, we can score? It was too late. They were out of time. We talked about belief and energy with Mahomes and Wilson, right? When the Chiefs are trailing, they never give up. When the Seahawks are trailing like they were in the postseason last year, they never get up. And, and, and I thought about why does Patrick Mahomes instill that belief and Russell Wilson instill that belief in, in his teammates, but not Aaron Rodgers? Well, what about Andy Reid and Pete Carroll? I've blamed Aaron Rodgers for this after the last few losses about he just rolls over and there's no energy and there's no excitement. I Not this one. I'm not putting this one on Rodgers. I have no qualms with Rodgers. Sure, he missed one throw to Jace Sternberger yesterday. Okay. Sue him. Like, Kirk Cousins missed two throws yesterday, and he got bailed out with two pass interferences. Quarterbacks miss throws. Right? It, it happens. I, I'm not blaming Aaron Rodgers for yesterday. Mike Patton needs to not get blown off the ball, and Matt LaFleur maybe needs to coach with some confidence so his team can have some energy in the second half. I'm not talking about a halftime speech. I'm talking about not calling a halfback dive trailing by 14 when your defense can't get a stop. Go try to win the game. Go take over the game and instill confidence and energy in your troops. That's why I'm a little bit upset with Matt LaFleur after yesterday's game. That, well, and a whole bunch of other reasons. Let's get into some of those other reasons. Coming up next, I want to talk about Devontae Adams and how I thought that they didn't go to him enough yesterday. We've talked about a Devontae Adams game a couple of times in the last week or so. I thought yesterday was an opportunity and they missed it. We'll continue to talk about the Packers falling to the Vikings 28-22. My name, Grant Bills. Thanks for hanging out. More of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next. Wisco Sports Show rolling on. My name is Grant Bills. I am your host. Happy Monday. Don't let the Packers loss ruin your week. Just don't let it happen. It's a football game. And we have the election coming up tomorrow. That can that can ruin our week. We, It's fine. Our, our week will be ruined. Just don't let the Packers do it. They lost to the Vikings yesterday, 28-22 in an odd game. We know the Packers' run defense isn't very good. I didn't even expect that. So I guess we're doing the Packers' lose to the Vikings show today, which is something I didn't expect yesterday morning when I woke up. If you want to text or call the show, you absolutely can. You're welcome. I'd love to have you. 608-796-2558. It seems like we have a text from John. Hey, John, how are you? He says, hey, Grant, how's your dagger now? What a homer. Well, John, if you are calling Wayne Larravee a homer, and if that's your reference with the dagger comment of the Packers Radio Network, I would agree that Wayne Larravee is probably a little bit of a homer, not as much as Larry McCarron, his color guy. If you're calling me a homer, I, I am a Packers fan. I just spent 20 minutes starting the show burying our defensive coordinator, who I have at times refused to call by his first name. That's how much I am not a fan of his. And then I spent the next 10 minutes of the show burying the Packers head coach. Uh, and I'm going to do that for the next 10 minutes. I am a fan. I don't know if I've, I don't know if I've been a homer today. If I've given off homer vibes, I apologize. If I'm excited about the Packers, it's because I think they're really, really good. Um, not because they are my team and because I'm a homer. If I give off homer vibes, I, I, I apologize profusely. John, thank you for the text. I want to talk about Devontae Adams because I know everybody's attention was on the defense and on Mike Pettin yesterday. And look, you give up 170 yards rushing. I mean, it's it's fair. It's it's warranted to hate on the defensive coordinator in the defense. And naturally, when you talk about Mike Pettin and his defense, that was bad last year too. That turns into a discussion and a referendum on the offseason and the draft and free agent. And, and now we're off the rails. I don't want to get lost in the sauce of what happened back in April. You know what's being lost in the sauce from yesterday? The Packers only scored 22 points against that Vikings defense that was undermanned, injured, inexperienced. They had good players opt out. They have good players on IR. Look, even if the Packers would have won 22 to nothing, it still would have been very underwhelming. How how does this Packers offense that was historically great to start the year and has looked to really have taken a big step in the second year under Matt LaFleur. How does this team only score 22 points against the Vikings, albeit in a windy game when possessions were at a premium? Absolutely. Still, how do you manage to only score 22 points? And I think that's being lost a little bit as we rip Mike Pettin and his run defense and, oh my God, Jordan Love can't stop the run. Yeah, all that stuff. The Packers only scored 22 points yesterday and, and I know they were without David Bakhtiari, but they didn't really have issues in pass protection. They were without Aaron Jones. Jamal Williams was able to run the ball fine. 22 points. I don't care if you're a little banged up. 22 points against that team. 
with a healthy Devontae Adams, that's unacceptable, win or lose. Devontae Adams only had seven catches yesterday. Sure, he was targeted 12 times. But I'm a little bit confused as to how Devontae Adams, your best receiver, only has seven catches against that secondary. Cameron Dantzler, their best corner, even got hurt during the game. So they were already undermanned coming in. And then after one injury, they were undermanned further. And I'm a little confused and disappointed and frustrated as to how Matt LaFleur, Nathaniel Hack, and Aaron Rodgers lost Devontae Adams. Now, I'll admit, I do not spend... Uh, the amount of money every month necessary to access the all 22 film and go and see what every player on the field is doing at once. Now, I apologize if the Vikings committed like six guys to covering Devontae Adams on every single play. If that's the case, okay, I understand it. But even if Devontae Adams is getting double teamed, bracketed, they're hitting with zone coverage, he's that good. And the Vikings secondary is that bad where you need to find a way to get him the ball. And that's what brought it up last week because I knew this would happen. I knew this would happen. There should never be an excuse for the Packers to lose a game like they did yesterday against a defense like that with a healthy number 17 on the field and a healthy Aaron Rodgers. Yesterday was a Devontae Adams game where the secondary's banged up. The defense has no answer. And when this happens, when the Packers find themselves in a game and in a matchup like they did yesterday or in week one against the Vikings or against the Texans, they need to have a game plan ready to go, a a break glass in cage of emergency, a a separate uh, folder in the playbook of get Devontae Adams the ball because no one can cover him, that kind of thing. A page of the playbook they only go to three or four times a year like yesterday when they're up against a terrible injured secondary. They need to be ready. Otherwise, you waste a great matchup Again, I don't know who was covering Adams yesterday. Boyd, you waste that matchup for the sake of balance. I'm not going to say this anymore. Balance is made up. Establishing the run is made up. It's not real. It's something coaches say to sound smart, and they say it in press conferences to appease reporters. Balance and establishing the run. It's not real, right? Balance is only as valuable as the specific game says. Now, if you're going against a bad run defense, well, then you need to stay balanced. Yep because that'll help you win the game. But balance for the sake of balance, that doesn't help anybody. I want to win. I don't want the stat sheet to be balanced. That means nothing to me. In the second half yesterday, the Packers ended drives with downs, punt, downs, touchdown, fumble. This might sound really simple. It might even sound uh, hubristic. But there's no excuse to have a turnover on downs with Devontae Adams on the field. There's no excuse to punt and not pick up a third down with Devontae Adams on the field. There's no reason to fumble, although, eh, last possession, throw it out. They didn't have enough time. And the one drive they got a touchdown in the second half, you know who scored the touchdown? Devontae Adams. They need to have a specific game plan ready to go in their back pocket in the event that they find themselves in a matchup like they did yesterday against a secondary that doesn't have a hope and a prayer of checking Devontae Adams. And respect to Mike Zimmer, he did a pretty good job of, of managing, as he has all year, really, especially in big moments, a third down in the red zone. Give credit to Mike Zimmer, and and he's a good defensive mind, and Aaron Rodgers respects him, and you saw why yesterday. But no excuse to score 22 points. Only 22 points they scored yesterday. And that's something that nobody really wants to talk about. We all want to talk about Mike Pettin in the run defense, and we'll talk plenty about that over the course of the show. But coming into this game, you knew the run defense is bad. You knew they couldn't stop the run. We also knew that Devontae Adams was really, really good. And this Packers offense had an amazing matchup in front of them against this injured, inexperienced secondary. And they weren't able to take advantage of it. That seemed like it was in their control. Stopping the run, that's out of their control. That's Mike Patton's thing, and we'll talk about that next. We'll talk about A.J. Dillon next. They have COVID on the team. A bad week goes from bad to worse. More coming up with the Wisco Sports Show after this. Wisco Sports Show. Happy Monday. Hope your week is off to, well, at least an okay start. Not going to... I'm not going to expect anybody's Monday to be great, especially, uh, I don't know, big election tomorrow. That's not stressful at all. But I hope you're doing well. Thank you for tuning in and hanging out. We're going to get back into the Packers after 5 o'clock. And as always, your texts and your tweets, welcome, encouraged. Please hit me up. You can find me on Twitter, at Wisco Grant, if you have a Twitter and you uh, like to waste your time on that app like I do. Otherwise, 608-796-2558. That'll do the trick, too. Shoot me a text. We'll talk Packers and get back into the Packers' loss to the Vikings coming up after 5 o'clock. 
In the meantime, I just want to peek around the division just for a couple of minutes because the Bears played yesterday too. And, and Bears fans, look, I come in peace today. I come in peace. I'm not going to be toxic. I'm not going to come after your team. I'm not going to call them the F word. Frauds. I'm not going to use that word. I'm not, not going to do that. I'm, I'm tired. My team lost. Nobody's in a nobody's in a confrontational mood today, least of all myself. I do, however, want to have a conversation about your team after watching them play in the 3.30 time slot yesterday. I, I want to start by asking you a question, speaking to Bears fans directly here. Uh, what, what, what does Matt Nagy do? What, what Truly, what, what does Matt Nagy do? What, what's his thing? What's his deal? Because this Bears offense is brutal, brutal to watch, and there doesn't really seem to be an obvious solution. I don't really know what Matt Nagy's deal is. I don't know what the deal is with his offense. At one point in the third quarter yesterday, this game was tied 13-13. to Joe Buck and Troy Aikman were on the call. And Troy, my God, he was ripping the Bears like they were down by 28 points. He was ripping the Bears like it was the 2014 Tressman Bears. Packers fans, you think Aikman hates the Packers? Did you watch that game yesterday? Oh, my God, I... I almost feel bad for Bears fans. He might actually hate the Bears. I don't know if Aikman hates the Packers, but after yesterday, he might hate the Bears. He was calling this game ugly. He was ripping Nagy. He was ripping the O-line. He was just going in. He was acting upset that he had to sit there and call that game. It's his job to call games, and he's like, this is, this is such crap. I don't have to sit here and take this. Well, I mean, actually, you do. It's your, you're, a color, you're a color commentator, right? He argued at one point that they should go to Trubisky, which I... I mean, you watched the game yesterday. Sometimes you, sometimes you got to make a move. But when you switch quarterbacks, you open a, a new can of worms. And I don't know if Matt Nagy or the Bears want to go down that route, and I wouldn't blame them. Even if switching quarterbacks might be beneficial, I could understand why they would want to avoid it. I, I do actually agree with Troy, and I agree with most NFL fans, that I actually think Montgomery is good. I think David Montgomery, their running back, is good. And that's the thing. David Montgomery is good, and his highlight plays are two runs or, or two-yard runs where he's met five yards behind the line of scrimmage and he manages to make, you know, a tiny little bit of something out of nothing. What does Matt Nagy do? Like, I get that the Bears' offensive line blows and they're injured. I mean, Jason Spriggs was playing yesterday, for God's sake. But the Vikings' offensive line stinks too. I ask again, what is Matt Nagy good at? What is his thing? I really like Allen Robinson. He's a tremendous wide receiver, and Anthony Miller has definitely flashed. He's certainly flashed more than MVS has. Packers fans, oh, Bears wide receivers suck. Oh, really? Look in a mirror, <laughs> right? Because take Devontae Adams out of the situation. I don't, I don't know who they have. I don't know who they have that's any good. EQ, who I really desperately want to be good as a fan. Like, I want him to be good. I think that would be, I think it'd be entertaining. I think he'd be sick. I think it'd be fun to watch. But Packers fans, hey, don't throw stones if you live in a glass house or whatever the hell the, ex, the, the you know expression is. The Bears have some decent wide receivers. Allen Robinson is a beast, and he can get contested passes like nobody I've seen. Anthony Miller's pretty darn good. This Mooney player, who I think is a rookie, pardon me for not knowing, he's flashed at times as well. And if Nick Foles could just hit one of these guys, they'd be really productive receivers. Now their offensive line stinks, sure, so do the Vikings, and they were able to run the ball yesterday, right? The Packers beat up offensive line at times. They have struggled as well. I guess I just, what what is the positive that Matt Nagy brings to the table? What does he do? What is his role? What's his identity? Let's go to the phone. 608-796-2558. Caller, who am I, uh, who am I talking to today? Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. You're, you're, you're talking to a very big Bears fan. This is Jeff. Good, Jeff. Glad to have you. What's going on? Well, you just, I was just going to mention Moody, and you got to him. I think he's showing a lot of promise. You have to remember that Foles or Trubisky or anybody behind that offensive line right now has hardly any time to throw. Mm -hmm. Look at what they've done with what they have. I think you have to give them credit for, you know, Troy Aikman said yesterday they're the worst 5-2 and two team. I'd rather be the worst 5-2 and two team than the best 2-5 team. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I absolutely so agree with credit. you. Yeah. Um, and what, from what I've seen of the Packers, if the Bears can run the ball at all against the Packers, I think they stand <laughs> a good chance of knocking them off. I really do this year. Well, I, I think anybody um, who can run the ball at all can, yeah. Yeah, and and that's just – that's you have a very good offense. I have to give you that, but your Achilles heel is 
run it right at them. I think San Francisco is going to try the same thing, whether they'll do it or not remains to be seen. But um, I've heard this, how bad I, I've been a Bears fan almost 50 years. I've heard how bad we are at, at five and three or five and two or whatever. And I, like I said, I, I take it from what, what we're working with. Look what we've got versus what other teams have. Mm-hmm. We're not the, the Chiefs or the Steelers or whatever, but we're hanging in there. And I, I think what Nagy does is keep them all together and it, with without imploding. I think we have good assistant. Chuck Pagano has done a very good job with the defense. I'd take our defense over anybody in the division right now mm-hmm. easily. So I, I'm not arguing. I'm just, I, I've just heard this so much it's enough to drive me nuts sometimes. No, and I appreciate your call, Jeff, and, and that's why I said, like, I don't, I, I'm not calling the Bears frauds. You earn the record that you get. I, I guess my question is, when right. I watch Matt Nagy, right, he's the offensive-minded head coach, and when you watch most offensive-minded head coaches, they have a thing that's theirs, right? They have their identity, and I and I guess I I wonder what Matt Nagy's is because I don't see it. Yeah, and right now I'm not sure he knows what it is either. I think he tries to do too much, and when he simplifies, Earlier this year, they ran the ball really well, uh, and uh, once he simplifies the offense a little bit, I think he'll be all right. We also have a rookie tight end that can catch pretty well, too. I think I'm not knocking Jimmy Graham because he's had a great career, but he doesn't have speed anymore. He's big and can get open in the end zone, but he's he's not a reliable target. Otherwise, he dropped about three of them that were very catchable yesterday. No, it's, it's okay, Jeff. You can rip Jimmy Graham on this show all you want. I, I'm sorry I got to let you go, but I appreciate you calling in, man. I appreciate your insight on your team. And once again, not trying to rip your team. I just, I no. I mean, no, I didn't take it that way. I'm glad. I didn't take it that way. I appreciate your, your show. You do a very good job, and I really enjoy it. I appreciate it, Jeff. Have a good one. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Yeah, have Bye-bye. a good night. I, I always appreciate Bears fans' perspective. I, and I try to make that clear when I start. I'm like, look, I don't, I'm not ripping. I'm not trying to be personal. I'm not trying to be snarky. I just and and look, Jeff is right. The Bears have five wins. They were able to get those five wins. They got a head start, whether they were beautiful or not. Matt Nagy's buying time and keeping his team together, right? And I got to give him credit there because you earn the record that you have. Absolutely. Wisco Sports Show rolling on. My name is Grant Bills. I, I took a walk to get some water during the commercial break. Oh yeah, it's dark out. <laughs> Wonderful, awesome, great. Love it. We're talking about the Packers' loss, 28-22 to to the Vikings yesterday. And I keep telling you guys, don't let this ruin your week. We got another game on Thursday. We have an election tomorrow. We got bigger fish to fry. And if you haven't voted already, please make a plan to do so tomorrow. Civic engagement, one of the most important things of the show. I've said it for years, right? We love Craig Council. Brian Gudekins, we love him. Bad pick or good pick, he's a UWL alum. We love him. And civic engagement. I've always said that those are the three the three biggest pillars of the show. So make sure to make a plan to vote tomorrow uh, if you haven't already because it's very, very important. Don't even care who you vote for. Just please, please vote. Take part because that's how our that's how our society works, right? George Costanza, we live in a society. So go take part in the society tomorrow. Uh, what are we talking about? And Packers, yes, Packers, Packers. Uh, another day... Another conversation about the Packers 2020 draft. I just, I love it. I I love it. I love that we keep coming back to this. And before we get into this, let me explain something. I just want to make sure I'm very clear. I have never and will never argue that the 2020 draft was conducive to winning, winning, not winning, in 2020, right? I have never argued that this spring's draft meant the Packers were ready to win this fall. Except for A.J. Dillon, I, I like having a third running back. Right, They haven't used him as much as I thought or hoped. Other than A.J. Dillon, I never argued, oh, Jordan Loves helps him this year. Josiah DeGuar, that helps him this year. Kamal Martin, yeah, day one starter. I I never argued that. This draft is not conducive to winning in 2020. That was never their goal, right? They're drafting for the future. And people are killing the Packers. They're ripping the Packers for the draft. And, hey, rightfully so, right? If the Packers' goal was to win a Super Bowl this year, they did a terrible job this offseason making their team better. But it, it kills me. It kills me, kills me, kills me. Because every person I hear making this argument about how the Packers, oh, the, the draft, they needed a wide receiver, they need a running back. I, it kills me because everybody does such a terrible job talking about it. And Kyle Brandt is the latest of Good Morning Football on, on uh, NFL Network. 
I tuned in this morning, or I, I didn't tune in. I saw it on Twitter because I don't watch NFL Network. That's too expensive for me. And he goes on this long, minute-long rant about the Packers offseason. And it just, it hurts my brain. This is what he had to say. Not wrong in spirit, but in argument, you could not do a poorer job. And I'm sorry, that is the wrong sound. Let me turn up Kyle Brandt. Good morning, football. Argument, great. But in, in evidence and in theory, terrible. You there just you named go. a bunch of players, wide receivers. They go, how about Justin Jefferson? Could, could they have him on this team? The rookie? This, this, I take no pleasure in this. Everything we're seeing with the Packers concerns, con, uh, confirms every fear I had on draft night when they decided to move up to draft a quarterback who was not going to play for years. They're soft on defense, just like they were last year. They didn't take Patrick Queen. They could have had him. He looks fantastic with Baltimore. They're missing pieces on offense. They didn't take Justin Jefferson. They could, put, they could have taken a bunch of other players. Ayuk. They could have taken Ayuk. They could have taken anybody. They just sat, they sat in the draft room and said, you know, we, let's go move up to draft Jordan Love. No disrespect to Jordan Love. I, 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 the best for him. They're a flawed team who's going to win a bunch of games. Their offense is missing pieces. The defense can't stop anybody. This is the bed that they made. They decided not to invest in this team. They invested in the 2022 Packers, and maybe they'll go win a Super Bowl. <laughs> but this is the bed that they made. I think they Jerry Krauss this thing. I really do. I think they said we have a, a dynasty right now. We can get to the Super Bowl, but screw it. We're going to break this thing up. Rodgers is going to be gone maybe next year, maybe the year after that. We're going to draft a quarterback. I don't care what we see on paper. Let's invest long term. I want to blow this thing up. This is exactly what happened. It happened against Tampa. It happened yesterday, and it's going to happen in the playoffs, and it's their fault. Okay, Kyle Brandt, good morning, football. I swear to God, I'm going to have an aneurysm. I'm going to have an aneurysm. If one more, and Kyle Brandt is a smart guy. He can read, like he has a brain. If one more competent thinker, somebody who is at least out of preschool, argues that the Packers should have drafted Justin Jefferson and or Brandon Ayuk, I'm going to put my brain in the studio door and slam it until I'm not on this earth anymore. Justin Jefferson won at 22. Brandon Ayuk won at 25. Green Bay was picking at 30. Am I the only one with a functioning brain? Oh, they should trade up. They could have anybody. Oh, really? Well, then they should have drafted Chase Young because he was the best defensive player. They should have drafted Joe Burrow. Why they take Jordan Love? They could have anybody. Just trade up. Well, then take Joe Burrow because he was the best quarterback. I swear, this is not hard. Turn on your brain. Turn on, turn on your brain. That's the only it's the only benchmark you need to reach in order to talk about this in a smart way. And Kyle Bro, they could have taken Justin Jefferson. Oh, were the Vikings supposed to just trade with the Oh, the Packers, you want the guy we want here. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, just give us a third rounder. This is the NFL draft. It's not a cafeteria lunch line where you trade someone an extra pudding cup to get your food first. Why am I the only one that understands this? God, it hurt. Oh my god, I'm actually upset. Sometimes I just get upset to try to be funny. I'm actually upset right now. You want to talk about wide receivers the Packers should have drafted? Let's talk about T. Higgins, LaVisca Chenault, uh, Clay, Chase Claypool, Michael Pittman Jr. We go back years to talk about D.K. Metcalf, who might just be the best wide receiver in the NFL. We could talk about Debo Samuel, who would fit what they're doing perfectly. We could talk about Terry McLaurin, who's amazing. Why, 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 why do I have to listen to these stupid, stupid arguments by people who I know are smart enough to not make these stupid arguments? I don't get it. And also, Jerry Krause, really, the Packers have a dynasty and they're blowing it up. Last time I checked, when Jerry Krause was forced to keep the team together for one last dance, they had five rings in one decade. That's five in 10 years. The Packers have won one, and it was 11 years ago. How is that close, close to the same thing? And also, Jerry Krause blew it up. Brian Gutekind simply did nothing. How, in, how did those two things compare in the same universe? I now I'm in a terrible mood. Now I'm in a toxic, terrible mood, and we're going to have to go into this next segment and listen to Matt Lafleur rip his defensive coordinator in a press conference. And I just I don't know if I'm in the right headspace for this. I'm going to take a commercial break. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a commercial break. I'm going to walk a lap around the building. Maybe I'll stick my head out the building uh, and get some fresh air. Uh, and it's dark already, so I'm sure that won't help my mood. But that's what I, I'm going to go take a walk. I'm going to go take a walk, and then we're going to come back. We're going to gather ourselves. And we're going to hear from Matt LaFleur, head coach Matt LaFleur, about his defensive coordinator yesterday and what went wrong. And we're going to be measured and uh, we're going to be re reasonable and we're going to be fair and balanced. More of the Wisco Sports Show. We're going to come back in a better mood after this. Ah, Wisco Sports Show. Rolling on. My name is Grant Bills. I'm your host. How are you? Thanks for hanging out. I uh, took a little bit of a walk. 
Over the commercial break, I calmed myself down, gathered myself, and now I think we can continue. Lost my cool there a little bit. Sorry you had to hear that. I apologize. If you want to you text the show, 608-796-2558. Let me know your thoughts. And if you want to tweet at me, you can too, at Wisco Grant. Todd texts in, as does Rob. And I would answer your text right now, but little peek behind the curtain. I actually don't have anything planned to talk about from 5.50 to 6 o'clock, so I'm just going to save those texts in my back pocket, and I'm going to pull them out in 15 minutes when I have nothing to talk about. Little little radio host uh, strategy. I'm going to save those because I got, I got nothing planned. So if there's something you want to talk about from 5.50 to 6 o'clock the last 10 minutes, it's wide open. So please, 608-796-2558. Shoot me a text. I could not wait to watch the postgame pressers yesterday. As the game's wrapping up, I'm like, wow, this is this is going to be interesting. Not because press conferences are interesting in and of themselves. They're very boring, and Matt LaFleur is often very boring, and most coaches are very boring. But you got to watch the press conferences and watch the game within the game, read in between the lines type of thing. You knew that Matt LaFleur was going to be asked about Mike Patton because the Packers gave up some 170-odd yards on the ground. which That's naturally going to come up. Right, so Matt LaFleur is going to have to comment about his defensive coordinator. Could get interesting. Could get hairy. Right? Is he going to rip on Mike Patton? Is he going to take the high road? Is he going to dodge the question or questions, more likely? Because when a defense is that bad, there's probably going to be more than one question about it. Now, Matt LaFleur didn't openly rip Patton, but he didn't endorse him. In fact, Matt LaFleur's never really endorsed Patton, nor should he. I, I don't know if Matt LaFleur wanted Mike Patton from the day that he got to Green Bay. I just, I don't think so. Somebody in the Packers organization is Mike Pettin's guy. I don't know if it's Mark Murphy or Brian Gutekunst, but I don't think it's Matt LaFleur. Right? And it's funny because Matt LaFleur was asked yesterday in his presser about something that I've said, what, a half a dozen times since we started the show at 4 o'clock. Everybody knew Dalvin Cook was going to get the ball. It was obvious. Apparently to everyone but Mike Pettin, Matt LaFleur said, yeah, we we knew. How could we not know that that's what they were going to do? We knew exactly what they were going to do in terms of they were going to uh... – ride him and and also just with the conditions out there it was pretty windy and and we never you know put him in a situation where they had to drop back and throw the football or at least not too many times so you know that's something that we better get it fixed and we better get it fixed fast because I have a pretty good idea of what's going to happen next week or you know on a short week on Thursday in San Francisco as well. Matt LaFleur just really casually like yeah we knew they were going to give him the ball Gary Kubiak wants to run the ball. Mike Zimmer will fire him if he doesn't run the ball. Dalvin Cook is really good. Kirk Cousins is really bad. The conditions were primed for running. So for all those reasons, it was obvious. Don't really know how Mike Pettin missed the memo. Does Mike, I want to see Mike Pettin's scouting report. Is it on a napkin? A paper towel, maybe. Maybe to- toilet paper? Hot commodity right now. Two-ply, two perhaps. Maybe he stepped, stepped up his game a little bit with the scouting report this week and wrote it on two-ply toilet paper instead of a, a Kleenex. Like, w- does he do scouting reports? Can he can he read? Are, are we sure that Mike Pettin can read? I And look, I'm not trying to be mean. And look, I'm a radio host. It's entertainment, right? We're trying to crack jokes. I don't get it. I don't get it. It's the most obvious thing in the world. Dalvin Cook is going to get the ball. How do, you, how do you miss that memo? Why are you always surprised by the opposing team's best player? I don't get it. So I'm not trying to be mean-spirited against Mike Pettin. I'm sure he's a wonderful man. I'm sure he's a sweet guy with a great family. Does he have a family? I, I don't know. For the sake of this show and this moment right now, it blows my mind. And the Packers beat press Matt LaFleur continuously, as they should. It's like, hey, Matt, is it your scheme? Do you not have the horses? Like, what's the deal? I'm, just, I'm focused on trying to find solutions and, and uh, not, hey, we have what we have. It is what it is. And we, we got to find solutions and we all got to play better. We got to coach better. It starts with me. And uh, we got to make sure that we take care of of our own business and and when we know that teams are going to try to run the football we can't let them we cannot let them we got to force them to to throw it so whether that's within the call or or whatever it may be um you know we just gotta we gotta be in the business of finding solutions (laughs) that's me when i get home and i'm starving i've been at work all day and i go to my cupboard to start to make dinner and i have dried pasta and a thing of canola oil, and that's it. And I'm like, I'm hungry. This is what I would say. I'm just, I'm focused on trying to find solutions. Find and, solutions. And uh, not, hey, we have what we have. We have what it we is have. what it is, and we, we got to find solutions. It is what it is. We it, we got to work with what we have. Right, I'm going to go home tonight. Actually, I went grocery shopping this morning, so I am, 
I am set up. You think I'm not excited about going home tonight with a full cupboard of food? You are. You are gravely mistaken. What were we talking about? Ah, yes. Matt LaFleur, personnel or scheme. He's he's right, you know. Like, they have what they have. Their personnel is not garbage. It's not terrible. They have a top-notch cornerback, a top-notch defensive lineman, a top-notch edge rusher, a veteran safety, and a top draft pick safety. What am I missing? How does that defense continue to be, like, difficultly, like, challengingly bad against the run? Like, almost you have to try that bad to be that bad against the run? I don't get it. Their personnel isn't amazing, but Malifor's right. Look, we have what we have. We put resources into this defense. We don't expect them to be the 85 Bears, but God, can you not be the 2016 Packers? Sure. They don't have linebackers and the tacklers to be a top five defense, but there's zero excuse for giving up 180 yards on the ground once a month. Once a month. Like, it's a rent check. Like, oh, we've had a couple good weeks. Time to surrender 200 rushing yards. Can't wait for Sunday. I don't get it. I don't get it. And the Packers beat. They stay on him. They press him more. And I like this question. Matt, is your run defense any better than it was last year when you gave up 200 yards in the biggest game of your season? It certainly didn't feel like it was up to par today. I know there was a couple missed tackles out there, more than a couple, a lot of missed tackles. But, uh, you know, I think we all got to look critically at ourselves, and, and we better figure out a solution quickly because, uh, uh, you know, the formula has been written, and we have got to step up. And, and get it fixed. And if not, we're going to continue to get these types of results. Oh, yeah, you are. You don't think Kyle Shanahan is? Because, see, here's the difference between Kyle Shanahan and Mike Pettin. Kyle Shanahan is sitting down at his desk right now and watching the Packers game from Sunday and thinking, okay, this is what they do well. This is what they do poorly. We should do this. This is what they're going to try to do. We'll counter with this. See, we'll, we'll try to take away what they do best. And we'll attack them this way. And, oh, my God, this will be great putting together a game plan. Mike Pettin is sitting at home right now at his desk. I don't think he owns a TV. His game plans indicate that he doesn't. He's sitting at home, and he's just staring at a wall, and he's and he's saying, dime coverage, drop coverage, drop three-man rush. Like, that's how Mike Pettin is spending his night. Of course, it's not going to get any better, and they can expect the same results because they've had the same results for the last two years. Of course. The most interesting part, and I do want to move on from the press conferences eventually here, the most interesting part of the postgame pressers from yesterday was maybe Adrian Amos because Adrian Amos was asked, and I will play you the question as well for full context because Amos is pretty short in his words. Interesting comment from the Packers' safety. You got to read in between the lines, and if you miss it, don't worry. I will, you know, we'll break it all down on the other side. Fifty-six seconds. Question and answer from Packers' safety Adrian Amos about the missed tackles. You know, Adrian, something I brought up to you know Matt was you know that Kamara play in New Orleans. I think there were five missed tackles on that one. More missed tackles today. Um, what do you what do you have to say about that? How you can put your finger on why it's happening? Um, you know, when you have more hats to the ball, it's less missed tackles. Um, you know, um, it's a lot harder to to tackle when you know it's it's one on one in the open field. Um, you know, going into film um, tomorrow or watching it later today, you know, I will see more of where. Um, you know, where we can avoid being in those one-on-one situations if we need more guys getting off of blocks and um, more guys running to the ball. Um, we, we'll see that in film study. But um, I think more hats to the ball um, makes um, tackling um, a lot easier. Wait, 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 wait. So what Adrian Amos is saying, and correct me if I'm wrong here, what, what he's saying is that Will Redmond one-on-one in space against Dalvin Cook, that's not a favorable matchup? That's something we, wait, we should be avoiding. Hold on, let me write this down. I got to send this to 1265. This is groundbreaking stuff. One-on-one in space against Dalvin Cook, that's not a good thing? Of course it's not. Why, 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 why is it always one-on-one? It was the same thing with the Camaro run. It was the same thing with the Dalvin Cook screen. And Adrian Amos is basically saying, look, tackling is really hard. Dalvin Cook is really good. And I'm sick and tired of being the one guy who's expected to bring him down with nothing but green grass and sunshine around us. Scheme coverage a little bit better. Maybe scheme more than one player at a time towards the ball. I just, oh my God, it frustrates me. It's so frustrating because it's obvious. And yet, for whatever reason, it doesn't seem to get fixed. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. Okay, let's take a break. Once again, I have nothing planned to talk about for the last 10 minutes of the show. So if you have a burning question or a take or a burning thought, now is the time. Spring into action on the talk and text line, 608 796 2558 or tweet at me 
at Wisco Grant. I have a couple of texts that I've been saving. It looks like I have some more, so we'll get to those on the other side. And please, if you have anything to share, now is the time. Packers lose 28-22. I know you got stuff to say. We'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show coming up after this. Wisco Sports Show rolling on. My name is Grant Bills. Thanks for hanging out today. It has been a very fun show. Like, I I was walking around the building before the show started today, and I I think everybody's looking at me like my boss went by. She's like, try not to act too sad today. I'm like, I don't don't think you get it. The Packers losing is super entertaining. If the Packers would have won 28-22 yesterday, I think the show would have been very boring. We would have said, oh, they beat the Vikings, but what does it mean? Oh, Jamal Williams with another good game. Mike Pettin found a way to, I, I don't know, it would have been a boring show. So I'm having a blast today, although I'm not very thrilled with my Packers and with my Packers defense. They lost to the Vikings 28-22. And if you have some thoughts, parting words, parting shots, please get them in. 608-796-2558. That's the talk and text line. If you're a tweeter, if you have a Twitter, you can find me at Wisco Grant. That'll work uh, as well. Todd, let's start with Todd. He texted the show at 517, and I apologize, Todd, if you're no longer listening, because I knew that I had nothing planned for the last 10 minutes of the show, so I saved your text. Uh, I kept it in my back pocket so I would have something to talk about for the last 10 minutes, so I apologize. I hope you're still listening, and if not, hope to talk to you soon. Todd says, hey, Grant, enjoy the show. Thanks for what you do. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening. My one question is uh, is about the energy from Aaron Rodgers. He should be a captain. And bring energy to the team. Todd, thank you for the text. Now, the cliche, run-of-the-mill answer would be, well, Aaron Rodgers has never been a rah-rah guy, which he hasn't been. I think if you look back at the great Packers teams of 2009, 2010, 2011, Aaron Rodgers was the star, but Aaron Rodgers was never the vocal leader. That was Charles Woodson or Clay Matthews or or, or A.J. Hawk. They, They had leaders and veterans at every level. Donald Driver really commanded a room. Uh, I mean, heck, even Ryan Grant. The Packers teams of the early 2010s had veteran leadership. Now Aaron Rodgers has slid into the role of veteran leader, as has Devontae Adams, right, and other players. And Devontae Adams isn't Donald Driver. He's a tremendous wide receiver, but he's quiet. He's kind of an introvert. At least that's the... I've never met Devontae Adams, so I I shouldn't speak out of turn. But when I watch him in press conferences, his words is like, man, I I don't really pay attention to a whole lot during the season. I just kind of go in my bubble and play football. Aaron Rodgers is very quiet. However, I actually thought Aaron Rodgers' energy was fine yesterday. He was smiling. I, It's funny. I called my grandma this morning, uh, and my grandma lives by herself. Bless her heart. And I called her this morning on my way back from the store, and I actually wrote down what she said because we started talking about the Packer game. And I, I wrote it down because I got a kick out of it. And she's not listening. Otherwise, I would say, hello, grandma. I, my grandma in Phoenix, she listens every day, but this grandma lives in, in northern Wisconsin. And... <laughs> She was happy to see Aaron Rodgers smiling yesterday. This was the quote. He's such a practiced and perfect frowner. It was nice to see him be a little friendly yesterday, even with the Vikings. So, Todd, to talk about Aaron Rodgers' energy, I think Aaron Rodgers brings energy in his own way. And if he's chatting up with teammates and he's smiling and he seems as though he's having a good time, I'll take it. That's the energy I'll take from Aaron Rodgers. He's probably not going to stand on the bench and yell and call a team meeting. Sometimes I would like him to. Sometimes I think that would be good. But I I, I think we're going to be waiting a long time to see that version of Aaron Rodgers. So it falls on others. Zadarius Smith might have to step up and be a little bit more vocal. Devontae Adams might have to do it too. Devontae Adams is, is the leader of a unit that is much maligned, right? The Packers wide receivers. So take control. Pick up Marquez Valdez, Scantling, or St. Brown. Talk to them. Help them. Be a part of the solution. Don't stand on the sideline and watch the problem like everybody else. So thank you for your text, Todd. I guess that's my very long-winded answer. Tomadan. Uh, the Packers continue to try to make a silk purse out of a sow's ear. I know that sounds crude, but think about it. Actually, Dan, that isn't as, uh, the most crude uh, analogy you could have used. You, said, you could have said trying to make chicken salad out of chicken excrement. So a silk purse out of a sow's ear, that's rather tame, and I appreciate your text. Look, they try to make a silk purse out of a sow's ear. I don't need a silk purse. How about uh, a fake leather handbag? That would be good enough, and I think the Packers have enough to make a leather handbag of a purse. That's not too much to ask. We're not asking them to be the 85 Bears. We're asking them to not be garbage, and they have good enough personnel to not be garbage. 
Uh, Toma Dan does continue, though. Grant, the Packers' defense is garbage. Funny coincidence. They can't tackle, no pass rush, and they can't stop the run. Until they stop the run, they will remain a mediocre team. I, Dan, I don't disagree. My argument is that they have the personnel to not be garbage. They're not great tacklers, but they have the personnel to be pretty good. They don't have the best pass rush. They don't have what the Bears do, but they have some good pass rushers on this team. They should be getting home and pressuring the quarterback at a higher rate than they are. They can't stop the run, and that's something they have to figure out, and Mike Patton's got to get that through his bald head some way to possibly figure it out. I don't know how, but they do. But if a team can run the ball on you, Dan, and I thank you for the text, if the team can run a ball, run the ball on you and control the clock and keep Aaron Rodgers on the field, it, it really marginalizes this Packers offense. If you get run on, it's really easy to be beaten to death slowly over the course of four quarters. It's what we saw yesterday. It's what we saw in Tampa. It's what we've seen against the Niners. It's what we saw against the Chargers, right? If a team can control the clock, and run the ball down your throat, it becomes really, really hard to compete. Dan, thank you for the text. Scott, uh, last text, still a couple of minutes to get in here if you'd like, 608-796-2558. Scott says, what's the over-under for number of passes attempted by a 49ers quarterback on Thursday? Um, Well, how many times did they throw against the Vikings? Didn't they throw eight times in the postseason and then like 15 in the NFC Championship game? I would, if, and I'm not a betting man, 12, 13, 13 and a half. Maybe that's where the over-under is set. I don't know if you can get a prop bet. I would imagine you could just because it's a unique game and unique circumstances. The interesting thing is the 49ers, they are, they're decimated by injuries. And I think we throw that word around a lot, decimated, decimated. Oh my God, the Packers are without two players. They're decimated. No, they're not. They're banged up, decimated. That word has really lost its luster and lost its power. The 49ers are decimated by injuries, the way a locust horde would decimate a field, right? The way that a huge snowplow would decimate snow in a parking lot, right? Like a wide cutting, big swath, big effect, right? The, the Niners are, they are a shell of themselves. Kittle is going on IR. Garoppolo is going on IR. Tevin Coleman's probably going on IR. Debo Samuel's probably going to be out. Dante Pettis is probably going to be out. They just traded Quan Alexander. Like, th- this 49ers team might just be about to say, hey, let's screw it. Let's lose some games, get a top 10 pick, maybe get a quarterback, you know, get another great player, maybe an offensive lineman, something like that. The, the Niners are, man, we talk about the Eagles being beat up by injuries. This Niners team, it's every great player they have. Their best wide receiver, their best tight end, their quarterback. Some of, Raheem Mostert is out, too. It's their whole backfield. It's ev- It's everybody. So Mike Patton. If you, <laughs> hold on, let me, let me sit up and pull the microphone close to my mouth because this is the most serious part of the whole show. If you, if you take away anything from this two hours that we spent together, take away this. Mike Pettin, so help me, if you give up 200 yards rushing on Thursday night to Nick Mullins and a running back that I've never even heard of, you will not be allowed on the team plane back to Green Bay, you will ne- you will not be allowed to drive back to Green Bay. We are going to set up stations on 41, in and around Appleton, on 94, 29, and I-90. We will shut down transportation, intrastate and interstate, county highway and state highway alike. We So help me God, we will close our borders, Mike Pettin. I don't want to do it. It's probably a good thing for COVID anyways. We will close our borders. We, were, we will shut our businesses we will, we will shut down the Green Bay Packers. You, you, sir, Mike Pettin, if you give up two bills rushing to a running back who I've never heard of, probably from a school like Rice or Old Dominion, to Nick Mullins and the rest of this Niners offense without Kittle, without Garoppolo, without Coleman, without Debo Samuel, I, I, you, you, you do not want to feel the wrath of this state. This state that's dealing with a pandemic, it's dealing with an election. The piss and vinegar that you will receive on social media and in person, it, there is not a word in the English dictionary strong enough to describe what is coming Mike Patton's way. If he gives up 200 yards rushing on Thursday night, so help me God, can I get an amen? Amen. Let's wrap up the show. Let's wrap it up before I get mad again, before I swear, before I say something dumb, before I get fired. Like Mike Patton could very well get fired this weekend if he gives up 200 yards. I don't mean to be dramatic. I I don't want to be dramatic. I want to be fair and balanced. I want to be realistic. But Mike Pettin, I swear, 
if you get blown out by the Niners, who are a shell of themselves, they're a practice squad version of themselves, I will lose my mind. I will lose my mind. One last text coming in, Thomas. How are, I thank you for the text. I didn't mean to skip over your text. I appreciate you, Scott, Dan, Todd, Jeff, who called the program earlier. I appreciate all of you reaching out and breaking down this Packers loss with me today. We will be back tomorrow to continue to talk about this. It's a short week, so we'll talk about COVID, what's going on with A.J. Dillon. We'll talk about the outlook for a Thursday night game, if it's going to be played on Thursday night, the injuries for the Packers and the Niners, and we're going to be joined by Pro Football Focus's Mike Renner, their draft analyst and himself a Packers fan. Good show tomorrow. Hang out. Hey, go home. Get a good night's sleep. Make sure you get out and vote tomorrow. Make a plan to vote if you haven't already. And then we will rejoin. We will reconvene tomorrow at 4 to continue this conversation. Same time, same place here on the Wisco Sports Show.